Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Lazarus from the grave, and then they have this supper at Mary and Martha's house, and 
And it says that many people believe because Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave, right? And it says, and, and because he raised him from the grave and all these people believed and they told other people, that guess what? They not only wanted to kill Jesus, but they wanted to kill Lazarus. Poor Lazarus, all he did was die and get raised from the grave. And, and uh, he, he, they want to kill him too, right? So when we get to chapter 12, we begin to see this, this final thing. It's six days before the Passover. And we see that Mary and Martha, they're serving at this dinner, this supper that, that, that Lazarus and Mary and Martha are at. And we don't know how many other disciples but we know that, uh, that they're there and she breaks this, this uh, oil of spikenard. It's like a year's worth of wages. And we know that the other disciples, if you look at the other accounts, Judas says, why wouldn't this give it to the poor? But we find out he wasn't wanting to give it to the poor, was he? He was wanting to steal the money because he was a thief and he used to take what was in the money box. And, and so we see that uh, he... Ask him to go get a donkey. And he rides into Jerusalem on this donkey on the exact day that Daniel predicts. He predicts on a certain day that Jesus is going to be cut off. That's the day that he comes in and they're calling out, crown him, crown him. And a few days later they're saying, crucify him, crucify him. And they're calling out that we need to make him king and now we need to kill him. And so what are they doing? They are fickle. They're following the crowds and they want a Jesus that heals them, fixes them, and feeds them and does all these things. But they don't want the Jesus' words. They don't want the truth. They don't want the reality. And so Jesus comes into town and they're quoting uh, and saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And they're quoting Psalm 118, but... What they should have been quoting is Zechariah 9, 9. He says, fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And they don't realize that Jesus is fulfilling this. If he was a conqueror, he would have rode in on a white horse. Instead, he rode humble and lowly on a donkey. And the Romans were probably laughing because their so-called king was coming in on a donkey. And so the Pharisees, they say, look, you're accomplishing nothing. The whole world's gone after him. And then he goes and he cleanses the temple and he tells them unless he dies, that guess what? People can't be saved. And he talks about his soul being troubled and he, how he's got to go to the cross, shall this cut path from me. And some people, the Father speaks from heaven and says, I've glorified your name and I will glorify it again. And some say, well, it thundered. And some realize that it was God speaking from heaven. Isn't that the way people are to hear what they want to hear, right? They didn't want to hear God's voice. And so all they heard, they said, well, that was just thunder. That wasn't a voice. And so Jesus spoke again. And he says, a little while longer, I'll be with you. Walk while you have the light. Because the light is not always with you, right? He says, lest the darkness overtake you. And he says, he who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. He says, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of the light. And then it says, in these things Jesus spoke and departed and he was hidden from them. Because they would not believe what it says in the next section. It says that Isaiah spoke about this. And this is actually in the Bible six different times. See, God speaks to our heart and he tells us the truth. 
And the Bible says he commands men everywhere, that's men and women, boys and girls, to be saved, to repent, to turn from their sins. But you know what? When we refuse to hear, when we refuse to believe, what happens? God quits speaking. God quits telling us. And after a period of time, we just hear that rumble. We say, oh, that wasn't God speaking. That was just thunder. That was just something else, right? And we don't hear the voice of God. And you know, it says here that they could not believe because they would not believe. And he says he's blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. Lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. Now, like I said, it's like when we talk to somebody, we tell them something, they refuse to believe us, so we quit telling them, right? We just refuse to tell them anymore. They say, well, tell me what that was you said before. I said, no, thank you. I told you a hundred times, and you didn't want to hear it those other hundred times. I'm not going to tell you one more time, right? And that's what God says. And so Isaiah spoke this when he saw his glory in Isaiah 6. And it spoke in the last, it says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise or the glory of men rather than the glory of God. That's the word that really should be there, the glory instead of the praise. Because, see, they cared more about men's glory, about who they were in front of people, and so these people believed up here, but they never believed savingly because why? They loved their positions, their power, their prestige, and all the things that they had. And they didn't want to lose that because they cared more about that than they cared about what God had for them. And so the Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? They, they may have believed, but they didn't confess. The Bible says, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my Father. If you don't confess me before men, then I will be ashamed of you at my coming, right? And so it says, this is the section we want to get to today. That was kind of the, the uh, go back and synopsis, the synopsis of what we were seeing before so everybody knows kind of where we're at, right? And so he says that Jesus cried out and said, he who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees he, him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will will judge him on the last day, in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. And so we're looking at this section that says, Then Jesus cried out. And, and, if, you, and if you think about this, you go back and you go, Wait a minute. It says in verse 37, that he went and hid himself. Well, guess what? What John has done, Jesus did go hide himself. And this is not Jesus speaking after he went and hid himself. What John is doing is he's kind of going back and summarizing Jesus' whole message from the beginning. He may have said that earlier in the day, earlier in the week, but what John is telling us is the summary of John's message. Because at this point, 
he's through speaking to the people who who are uh, willing to believe the ones who are going to trust in Christ but he's speaking to us today and and maybe somebody here is has gone to church all their life, but they've trusted in a baptism or a good works or a church membership or I'm a good person or I've done more good than bad or whatever it is. You know, a lot of people trust in a lot of wrong things and say, I'm going to heaven. Like I said, I used to think I was a pretty good fellow. And then one day the Lord, when I was in the church, spoke, and spoke to my heart and said, Marty, you're a pretty bad fellow. You need to be saved. And I said, Lord, that's me. Yes, that's me. And the Lord forgave me and saved me, right? And the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Jesus has said this, and this is the summary, really, of what Jesus has been saying. And so it says, then Jesus cried out. You might could write this down and say Jesus had cried out, or Jesus in the past cried out and said. And notice what he says, he cried out, right? That word cried out means he shouts out with a loud voice. It's an urgent voice. It's a voice that has urgency and, and wants people to understand and know the truth and know what's going on and, and hear the truth and believe. And he says, he who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. So what's the first thing Jesus say? He says, if you believe in me, you're, you're not just believing in me, you're believing in the Father who sent me, right? Because Jesus has said over and over and over again, I and the Father are one, right? Remember, that's why they wanted to stone him in chapter 5, right? He says, I and my Father have been working until now. What did he say in John chapter 8? He said, before Abraham was, I am. They asked him, said, tell us plainly who you are. He said, I've told you, and you're not willing to believe. Before Abraham was, I am. And so Jesus has told them. And if somebody ever tells you that Jesus didn't say he was God, they haven't read the book of John, especially chapter 5, chapter 8, and the whole book, because basically he says several times he's the light of the world, he's the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth, the life, and, and all of these things, he's the bread of life. And, and people just like, Jesus never said he was God. Guess what? We have to go back and unlearn a lot of things. Sometimes we were taught in Sunday school or church because sometimes I think people simplify stuff or maybe people just don't study their Bibles well enough. But you know what? There's a lot of things that I've had to unlearn since I've studied the Bible for myself. You know, there weren't just three wise men. There was a bunch of wise men. They were magis. There was a whole crowd of them. And they were called the kingmakers, and, and they came from a long, long way away. And, and they came, and it says when, when they asked where, where the king was at, Herod was troubled in all of Jerusalem, right? Because they were there. And Herod knew what they were. Herod knew they were the kingmakers. Herod knew they were looking for this king. And that's why he killed all of them little babies, two years old and under. And so it says... Whoever believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. So if you believe in God, in Jesus, what do you believe in? You're believing in the Father too, right? Because the Father and him are one. And then the second thing he says, and he who sees me sees him who sent me. See, you know, what's that song? I saw the light. But, you know, when you understand the truth about Jesus and you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, what are you doing? You begin to see things 
as they really are. You begin to really understand the world as it is. You begin to see life in the way that God wants us to understand it because the Bible says in Him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, right? Uh, somebody once said that, that uh, all the scientists and all the great thinkers climbed the hill of knowledge and when they got to the top, what did they find? They found all the Bible teachers sitting at the top, been sitting there for thousands of years because God has shown us things in this Bible and through His Word and the Holy Spirit that people have no clue about because they don't know the Lord. If you watch that TV, I don't know if you ever watch that TV in the news sometimes, and you go, how in the world do those people make such stupid decisions? You know how they make such stupid decisions? Because they don't have the wisdom of God. They're not saved. They don't know how to do the right thing because God's not leading them and guiding them. And that's why they do things that are completely backwards, upside down and sideways and don't make a bit of sense. And that's why I told a lady one time, she said, what do you do? I watch this stuff and I get all stressed out. I said, turn it off. <laughs> Just turn it off. <laughs> Because all, all you're doing is making yourself aggravated over nothing. He's still sitting on the throne. It's all going to be okay, right? He's still there. He hasn't given up the throne to anybody else. So Jesus is still on the throne. It may look like everything's falling apart, but it's going just like he wants it to go. And he's using men and people just like he used people. He didn't make them crucify him, but he used people to crucify him, to, to accomplish his purposes, to save the world through his death, his burial, and resurrection. And just now, he's using people in the same way today. And so we see not only Jesus, but we see the Father. That means we understand, we know the truth, we believe the truth, and we begin to see life as God sees it and as he begins to show it to us. And then he says, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. That's what I was just talking about. These people that don't know the Lord, they're living in darkness. That's why they stumble around and make so many crazy decisions and say so many crazy things and do so many crazy things. It's because they're stumbling around in the darkness. They don't have the mind of Christ. They don't understand. You know, if you go and read Romans chapter 1, I don't know if you've ever read that before, but in Romans chapter 1 it says because they knew God and they didn't worship God and they... They worshiped the creature rather than the creator. Because of that, God did what? He gave them up to do these wicked things. And then he says he gave them over. And then it says he gave them up. And then he names about 30 different sins, these wicked things that these people do. And he said these people not only do these things, but they approve of it. In other words, they egg people on to do the same thing they're doing, to do the wickedness that they're doing. And that's what these people are doing. They're walking in the darkness. They don't know where they're going. They just think they're smart. They think they're geniuses. They think they're all that in a bag of chips. And you know what? They're dumb as that brick on the wall out there, you know? That's the problem is they're just stupid because they don't have God's wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Yeah, they might do some things that are decent, but when it comes down to making real good decisions, it will help people. They don't know the truth and they don't know how to fix it. And so Jesus came as a light into the world, right? What kind of light? To give us what? Spiritual light and spiritual 
life. He said in the first chapter, I came that they might have life. And he said, I, I'm a, I came to, to be a life and, and give life to people and give light to people. And so that light is to show us the wisdom, but the life is not only physical life, but what? Spiritual life, right? And so he says, if we believe in him, we won't be walking in and abiding in that darkness. But he says, if anyone hears my word and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Isn't that what John, uh, Mark 10, 45 said? He came to do what? To seek and to save that which was lost, right? Isn't that what the name Jesus means? He will save his people from their sins. That's what the name Jesus means. He will save his people from their sins. And so Jesus came not to condemn people. He came to save us. He came to forgive us. He came to give us life and life abundantly and joy and peace. Yeah, we're going to have trouble. Yeah, we're going to have problems. Yeah, we're going to go through all kinds of craziness. But you know what? I'd rather go through the craziness that God puts me through knowing that there's a reason and a purpose for it than to go through the craziness that I created because of my stupidity from not knowing him. I'd have done that. <laughs> I've done enough of that. I don't want any more of that, you know. That's what the guy told me one time. And he says, he said, Marty, well, you know, why don't you act like all these other Christians? And he told me about all these other people who were supposedly Christians and the way they live. And I'm like thinking, buddy, you just don't even know these people ain't Christians. Just because they go to church don't mean they're a Christian, right? Uh, just because you're in a McDonald's don't mean you're a hamburger. Just because you're in a garage don't mean you're a car, right? Just because you're in a church don't mean you're a Christian. And he said, why don't you act like these other Christians and do this and do that and do these other things? I said, man, if I had lived my whole life and I didn't, had never done any of those things, you might tell me and I might try them just to see how they were. He said, I, done, I said, I done been there, done that. I got the t-shirt and all the pain and the suffering from it. I don't need any more of that. I know what's best for me, the Lord, right? I said, your best bet would be to trust him too. And he said, well, why don't you just go preach? I said, well, you know what? I just might if the Lord calls me. And that's what the Lord was doing at the time. <laughs> and he went, looked at me like, you're crazy. And I said, yeah, I'm crazy. Crazy for Jesus. So he says, I didn't come to judge, but to save the world. You know, John 3.16, we know it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, right, but have everlasting life. And then he says in verse 17 and 18, I didn't come to judge the world, but that the world through me might be saved, right? But then he goes on to talk about how those people didn't want to come to the light because their deeds were evil. And they will not come to the light that their deeds may be exposed. And you know, that's the way people are. They don't want to come to the Lord because they have sin in their life. They have things in their life that stop them from wanting to come to the Lord. I talked to a guy, I think I may have told you all that a couple of months ago, and I got, I got a family member that's got cancer now, and I've already talked to him a couple of times or tried to. He's been through a lot in his life and, you know, had a lot, a lot of tragedy. But, you know, the very same thing that killed his daddy and his brother, it, that he was, his brother was 12 or 13, and his daddy, I don't know, he's probably in his 30s or 40s maybe, 
But the guy was a drunk driver, killed him, and now he's living the same way. He's been a drunk for at least 25 years that I know of. And, you know, I've talked to him, and I pray for me as I try to talk to Danny again. One of my cousins by marriage, through my granddaddy on the second marriage, but, but he needs the Lord, and he, the last time I tried to talk to him, he just avoided everything I tried to say. And soon as mama and daddy, mama came and his, and his girlfriend came into the hospital, he just basically, I'll I, I see you later, you know, got rid of me, you know, because he didn't want to hear what I had to say, right? But see, people don't want to believe, but he says, if anyone hears me and does not believe, I don't judge him. But, but I came to save, and he says, he who rejects me does not receive my words. See, people don't want to hear the truth about Jesus. Like I said, they want to fix me, feed me, heal me, Jesus. But when you begin to tell them that there's only one way to heaven, there's only one way to believe, you can't get there by working or communion or baptism or whatever, all the things that man's made up, right? And then what the Pharisees did, they said, look at me, God, I'm so great. I tithe, I fast, I do this, I don't do that. And God says, you wicked man, you're going to hell. And then the old publican, he just looked up. He wouldn't even look up to God. And he said, oh God, be merciful me to a sinner. And God said, you're forgiven today. You're saved because you called on the mercy of God. And so he says, the one that rejects him and doesn't receive his word has that which judges him. The word which I have spoken will judge him in the last day. That would include the words that God spoke through Jesus to all the people while he was on the earth, but it would include all the words spoken in the Bible too, right? Because all of these are the words of God. All of them are the words of Jesus. You know, you get those red letter Bibles, but guess what? They're all the words of Jesus and they just are in God because God wrote them through people, right? And he, he superintended what they wrote and how they wrote it but he used their personalities and their styles and all those things, but he wanted, he got written down what he wanted written down, right? And so that word is going to judge people. And he says here, for I've not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. See, Jesus here is only doing what the Father told him to do. And you know what, folks? If that's what our desire was to do, We'd be in good shape, wouldn't we? If we said, I only want to do what the Father tells me to do. I'm not speaking on my own authority, but I'm only doing and speaking what he tells me to speak and say. We'd, be, we'd stay out of a lot of trouble, wouldn't we? Might get in a lot of other trouble with other people that don't want to know the Lord. But <laughs> he says, and, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Did you hear that? And I know his command is everlasting life. You know that the Bible says several times, it says over in Acts 17.30, that God commands men everywhere. That's men and women. When the Bible uses the word men, it's anthropos. It means people. It, it commands people everywhere to repent. In other words, it's a commandment to be saved. This is my commandment that you be saved, right? And so he says his commandment is everlasting life, that he wants, he commands people to be forgiven, to repent, to turn from their sins, 
and to ask for God to save them and forgive them so they can go to heaven. And he says, therefore, I, whatever I speak, I speak just as the Father has told me, so I speak. Think about that. That God commands people everywhere to repent, to be saved. And that's our job too. Do you know that? Our job, we can invite people here to the service and I'm thankful we got a bunch of people here today and but you know more than we've had in a while the last couple of times. But you know the bottom line is is, is if we get an opportunity, we get a chance. Our job is to say, you know, Jesus died for you and he wants you to be forgiven and saved. And maybe you don't know all the things to say, but you say, if they don't know, if you don't know all the things to say and they can't answer all the questions, just say, well, come on to the service and Maybe Marty will talk to you afterwards and I'll be glad to. But you know, do what the lady used to do at one of the places I used to go. She said, Marty, can you talk to this person? I said, well, you know what to say. She said, I know, but you, you, you talk to them. And, and so we'd go around and we'd talk to people about the Lord, you know. And so, you know, that's what it's all about is letting people know that God loves them, God cares for them, God sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, their sins, and the sins of the whole world. And we need to pray for this world, for this country, for this state, for this everything, because, you know, people have lost their minds. And the reason they've lost their minds is because they're in Romans 1.18 to the end of the chapter. God gave them up. God gave them over. God gave them up. Because they worship the creature rather than the creator. They don't want to worship God. They want to worship everything else but God. They're worshiping money and things. and I won't even go there. All the stuff that people are worshiping nowadays. It's crazy. People have absolutely lost their minds. And it's just we need to pray. And we need to, if the Lord gives us an opportunity, say Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And... uh I don't know if you lost or not, but, but Jesus can find you. <laughs> That's right. No matter how lost you are, Jesus can find you. You know what's that old story? What's the guy said? That, uh, how do he put it? He says, there's none too good that they don't need to be saved. And there's none so bad that they can't be saved. You know, Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners, the least of saints. If God can save me, he can save anybody. You look in the Bible, Paul was a, we don't know how many Christians Paul had killed, right? Before he got saved on the Damascus Road. Moses, we know, killed at least an Egyptian. He was a liar. He was an adulterer. We know that Abraham lied. And we know all these people, they, they none of them were perfect, right? David was a mass murderer. He killed Uriah the Hittite and put all these people forward on the line uh, and so that Uriah would die. But you know what? God can forgive us and God can save us no matter who we are, no matter where we've been, no matter what we've done. That's the good news, right? That Jesus died for our sins. He was buried and He rose again the third day that we might be saved and have eternal life. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank You for this time. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You loved us so much that You sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. We ask that you would just speak to our hearts here and 
has to be somebody that's trusting in anything besides Jesus Christ and Him alone, His death, His burial, His resurrection. They're trusting in good works or confirmation or communion or, or I've done more good than bad or I'm not a bad person or I joined the church, whatever it is, or I keep try to keep the Ten Commandments. Help them to understand that that doesn't save. That doesn't do anything that the Bible says in Galatians that if we can be saved by the law, that Christ died for nothing. He died in vain. Lord, we thank You for those of us here, and hopefully that's all of us that know You here for our salvation. We thank You for who You are and what You've done and what You continue to do in our lives as You show us who You are and show us how to live and give us Your wisdom, Your knowledge, Your joy, Your peace, Your understanding. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington, Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.